everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. Today's episode is actually a throwback to our most popular episode of 2020. This has been such a helpful conversation through the years, and we have so many new families joining us now that we didn't want you to miss it. In this episode, David and I will talk about marriage. Starting with a lesson we learned while we were going through premarital counseling, we'll then share something we really just discovered about our 20-year mark, but we don't want you to wait that long to learn it. So whether you've been married six months or 60 years, I'm thrilled you're joining us today as we look at something we often overlook in our marriages that can make a massive impact. It's hard to believe that next week we'll be gathering in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee with thousands of homeschoolers to learn, grow, and generally have a blast together. That event will host some of the best speakers in the Christian homeschool community and will give you the opportunity to hear powerful workshops each and every hour. In addition to that, you'll have access to an exhibit hall filled with resources for your family and for your homeschool efforts. You don't want to miss this. If you haven't gotten your ticket yet, do so now. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to learn more. If your plans won't allow you to travel to Pigeon Forge this year, we have a live stream option available for you too. So check it out. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to grab your ticket today. Since much of what we cover in this episode actually spilled over into the creation of David's Thanksgiving journal on the Psalms, I wanted to remind you of that. We quickly sold out of the first press run, but we have these amazing books back in stock. Working through the Transform Journal alone or with your spouse or family will prove to be an incredible discipline. And I'll promise you'll find that you can open a deeper relationship with God by cultivating a daily habit of thanksgiving and prayer. Go to transformjournals.com today to order your copy or plan to pick one up at TTD Pigeon Forge next week. So now, without further ado, won't you join David and myself as we discuss a secret to a healthy marriage that many completely overlook. I think that we're going to be hitting today on two things that are connected, uh, and at least in our, our minds. And, oh, there's no question. And one of them, we actually learned when we were going through marriage counseling. And so it's it's uh, been something that, that has been in our marriage since the very beginning, yeah. and it's foundational. And so we're going to talk about that, but we're going to relate it to something that we've re- learned recently, just coming through the holidays, and it's really timely. And, and so we're going to be able to connect those in this video today. Yeah, and it's it's always amazing as you look back in your rearview mirror. We have a fairly lengthy one, about 21 years or so, but you can see how God weaves all of these lessons, all of these ways that you grow and change. And he weaves them to make this perfect, beautiful tapestry that becomes the life that he gives you. And, you know, some of those, some of those strings on their own are kind of ugly, but when you weave them all together, God has done a great and mighty thing. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today. A very early lesson, a recent lesson, and how God has woven them all together uh, to strengthen our marriage. And I really pray that it will strengthen yours as well. 
first thing, and kind of where I think that we need to start with this, babe, is something that we learned in our marriage counseling that has absolutely really been a guiding principle for us through the years. Yeah. And, and you know, since I'm a homeschool mom, it also has a lot to do with geometry. So, you know, <laughs> I'm always looking for those little educational ties. But why don't you tell just the overview of what Pastor Sweat taught us all those years ago, I won't tell you how many, about kind of as the foundational principle for a strong and healthy marriage. Well, it, it, it relates back to a triangle. And maybe uh, some of you have actually gone through some of this. Uh, the training and the illustration will be familiar to you. But I remember being in, in this marriage counseling session and Pastor Sweat, just he drew a picture of a triangle. And he put God at the top and then he put me and Leslie on each of the other corners. And his main point on that was your walk with God and how important that is and how that takes uh, work because you need to spend time with God in prayer and in his word every single day. Why? What is the point of your walk with God and how does it relate to that triangle? Well, as you get closer to God, as you're looking at the triangle, Mm -hmm. as you get closer to God, what is happening is, is that you're getting closer to each other. Right. Because... You're coming to that point, that pinnacle That's right. of walking with God. That's right. One of the things that we didn't pick up on at that point, because we were just too immature, hadn't had the experience, is that no matter what type of a triangle it is, for some of us, it may be a perfect, perfectly equilateral triangle. For some, though, it may be one that's skewed, and, and one starting point is down here, whereas the other is right here. It doesn't matter. As long as you're both walking towards God, you're both getting closer to each other, no matter where that starting point is. And that is a really powerful thing to remember. How does that look? What is? What are some practical things that we can point out for you know how how we have shared our walk with God with each other so that we are both heading in that same direction? Well, a lot of the biggest arguments that we've had have uh, we did not expect <laughs> to go into arguments there. We wow. we actually realize that we are. Um, <laughs> We're desiring something that God does not desire for us. One of us is desiring something that, that God is, does not necessarily have for us. And it becomes a real problem. And if you're spending time in prayer and you are spending time in God's word and you're spending time in, in church and around other believers, God and the Holy Spirit will use that to, to shape you. But at the same time, if your spouse your wife, your husband is also spending time in God's word, mm-hmm. is spending time in prayer, is spending time around other believers They love the Lord. They are being shaped at the same time. And the Holy Spirit works on you together and brings you to this point where he actually brings you closer together. You become more and more, you know, the other half of the other one. And we have seen that really play out in our own marriage where when one of us, and I'll just use myself as an example, when I am sp- when I feel like my walk with the Lord is not tight, when I am, I just I'm struggling, then it actually impacts our marriage. Yeah. And so it is really important that you, as a foundational thing, when you're talking about your marriage, that you spend time with the Lord. And I know that some out there that may be listening to this, they may be uh, in a marriage where one of them knows the Lord and the other one doesn't. Right. right. And I would say that it's really important that you 
keep spending the time with the Lord and you keep praying, you keep praying for that, that unsaved Well, the, the closer you get, the closer you get to God, the more like him you will become. And so whether you're in a marriage of two believers or one believer and one unbeliever, the more like Christ you become, the more easy you will be to live with the more Christ-likeness will overflow into everything that you do and say and how you react and all of those things. And it truly, the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. Well, God is love. The closer we get to him, the more that his love will overflow. And it truly does iron out a lot of arguments, disagreements. You know, we're very different people. I am, I am by nature very introverted. He is not. Um, I, I have, you're better on video than I am. (laughs) Yeah. We all have our gifts, Yeah. (laughs) but, but just two very, very different people, things that he would jump straight into. I would shy away from and you know, opposite is true. God put us together because he knew that we were perfect compliments for each other, but we can only be those perfect compliments for each other when we are both inching our way closer and closer to Christ every day, because that makes us closer and closer tied together, but also thinking closer and closer alike. Yeah. And and that's just a really, just amazing, amazing thing that after 20, almost 21 years of marriage now, you look back and how intertwined our thoughts and our lives are hmm. can really only be placed at the foot of the cross because that is a grace in our lives. And so if you get nothing else out of this this video, this conference, I hope and pray that you will you will sit with your spouse and really discuss your growth, your trajectory. Are you both heading for Jesus every single day? And if not, you know, one thing that we do that I think has been so powerful in our marriage, I don't think, I know it has been so powerful in our marriage, is we will, first of all, make, make it a priority to spend time together. We have four teenagers right now. They are always wanting to be with us, which is the, a wonderful, wonderful thing. So we have to make time to actually I'm, I'm spend actually, together. I'm actually surprised that one of them hasn't knocked on the door right now. <laughs> so, um, it, yeah. But spending that time is, is so important to continue to make sure you're on the same page in your marriage and you're both growing in the same direction. Uh, you can't take that stuff for granted. Gratitude is truly at the heart of a good marriage. And I'm going to let you explain what you learned there. But again, just there's so many practical takeaways. I may I may jump in and okay. interrupt him a bit. And she's going to keep me from rambling. So that's the other thing. So <laughs> anyways, so uh, one of the things that I realized when I was doing the study on gratitude and Thanksgiving is that we've been to many Christian weddings where they go through Ephesians 5 and they are reading the household and the Christian household. And we're all very familiar with the the passages that relate to husband, love your wives and, you know, all of that. But in, you know, at, at the end of Ephesians 5, it talks about being thankful in all things. And the way that it is presented at Colossians three, actually, I like the I like this better. the The phrasing of it is abounding in thanksgiving. It's almost like it's an overflow into you, and it presents thanksgiving is kind of like you're being soaked in thanksgiving, and this really crystallizes what gratitude and the way the Bible handles gratitude is really crystallized for me when I think about what the opposite is. Because being grateful means 
I appreciate what I have. I am so grateful for what I have. I love what I have and I want to share it with somebody else. The opposite to that is envy. It is, I want what you have. I want what somebody else has. And when you look at those two worlds, grateful or gratitude and envy, they don't mix. They don't like being around each other. Matter of fact, gratitude forces out envy and envy forces out gratitude. And the results of gratitude, there's a synonym for gratitude, which is appreciation. And when you are grateful for something, you actually raise the value of whatever you're grateful for in your own perception. You're so happy that you have it and it builds on itself. And the things that you're grateful for, you actually kind of put them together. And what happens when you put them together is, is that you start raising the value of all these things that you're grateful for. And so it's like it creates this multiplication. And envy is not like that. Envy actually does just the opposite. It diminishes what you have. And so you think about children when they're opening up gifts and they're all opening up gifts together. And one of our, we had this pop situation with our own family, we've seen it in other families. You will have a child who will open up a gift and they will be happy they got it and they'll be all excited and then they'll see their brother or sister and they'll open up another gift and they'll go, whoa, I want that. And when they make the decision that they want that thing that somebody else has, what do they do with what they have? They throw it away. And so envy actually diminishes the value. You're thinking about how you want something else that somebody has. Well, in Ephesians 5, it's Ephesians 5.20 actually, that talks about being thankful. The way it kind of presents that is that when you are grateful in the relationships that you have, this is the way that it is going to be communicated. This is what the other person is going to sense. And so, husbands, when you are grateful for your wife, you're going to love her. Wives, when you're grateful for your husband, you are going to submit to them. You're going to respect to them. You're going to be willing to follow them in the home. And those two things are really, really, um, they lean in on one another. Most definitely. You know, just as we, he mentioned earlier, you become the other's other half these things don't happen in a vacuum and you have to work much harder to love a wife that doesn't respect, doesn't submit, doesn't, you know, return that to you. And a wife has to work much harder to submit and respect a husband that shows no appreciation and love for her. I I think that, you know, there's part of this where it is the way it is perceived, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, women and men are different and they perceive things differently. And so when you are grateful for your wife, she's going to perceive that as love for her. Right. Well, and just kind of doubling back here, you can see how clearly as you're both walking, you're getting closer together, even though you're very, very differently made up. The closer you get to Christ, the more aware of your gifts that you're going to be. Yeah, I mean, and so the the thing about this, though, when you when you come back to it, is that envy is very natural, hmm. and so it is very natural. And you think about envy in a marriage, and how that plays itself out. 
where guys are thinking about other marriages and they're thinking about qualities of other wives. And I'm not just talking about physical qualities, I'm talking about the, their, their personalities, things that other wives do for their husbands. Well, and, and women what do a, the same thing. And, and it's, it's important to note here, a lot of what we're seeing is just external because we have no insight into what happens in the inner sanctum of their marriage. But it's that external, that Pinterest perfect view that can lead us into envy. Uh, most definitely. And envy is a very natural thing. So you don't have to work at envy. And what a lot of people do is that they gather together and they actually kind of work on envy. <laughs> they spend time talking about how they actually tear down their husbands yes. and their wives with other husband and wives and other marriages. Um, they get together at Sunday school outings and they talk about their husbands and their wives in a way that is just does not lift the other partner up at all. Envy is a really natural thing. It is. And I hope that when you hear, when you find yourself in a situation like that, which we have all been in, that it um, there are red flags, there are like sirens going off to either leave the situation or redirect the situation. That is a very, very bad situation to find yourself in. We as believers should let our speech always be seasoned with grace. And when we come together and just start just start complaining and sharing the things that are wrong. Now, you know, there, there are people that are very close to you that you seek counsel, but that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about just that drippy, complaining, ungrateful conversation that really only leads to discontent. It doesn't lead to better marriages. It doesn't lead to reconciliation. It's, that's really just an exercise of the flesh. And all of us, all of us need to be on our guard to avoid such situations. So you circle back around to gratitude. Mm -hmm. And gratitude is something that's not natural. Mm -hmm. And I've already talked about how it does not swim in the same pool with envy. And so gratitude is something that has to be worked on. And you have to actually work on it like a muscle. I mean, it's almost like, hey, let's go to the... Let's go to a gratitude gym. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> and you have to work on this almost to the point where you consciously say, I'm going to today write down five to eight things that I am grateful for, for this person. And this is not just something that you can do with your wife or your husband. This could be something that you do with your kids. It could be something that you do with people that you work with. It could be something that you do with your pastor where you, you sit down and you say, I am going to write down five to eight things that I am going to be grateful for for this person or for this thing or for this relationship. And you meditate on that. You don't just write it down and then put it aside and you don't touch it anymore. You spend time actually thinking on those things and rehearsing those things. And what's going to happen over time as you become better at gratitude mm -hmm. is that it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. Now, when you think about marriages that really are struggling, this gratitude element is really, really hard because you have spent so much time 
being upset with this person, holding on to some sort of a grudge, being bitter to them about something. And I'm not saying some cases it's very justified and other cases it's not. That's not the point. The point is, is that when you hold on to those things and you have spent so much time being bitter about something, it's much easier to be envious Mm -hmm. about a situation that somebody else has or or you see on television or you see on Pinterest or you see in some other way. Well, and as we all know, as we are thinking, whatever we're thinking about, whatever, whether we are meditating on things that we don't like or whether we are meditating on things that we are grateful for, the narrative tends to follow that because that's what we're looking for. So if I am thinking about all the things about David that just drive me nuts. Uh, there's got to be a lot, very few. There's yeah, yeah, few. yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the one thing that really irritates me. No, but if I am looking or if I am thinking about those things, what happens? I get more irritated. I mean, he doesn't have to do a thing. And yet I am projecting on him the things that I am irritated about. The things that he has done historically, the things that are just part of who he is that are not part of me. You know, so as I am thinking about those things, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I see all of those things in him. Conversely, when I am meditating and thanking God for the wonderful things about David, which there are way more of those anyway. (laughs) See what I did there? Well, Um, I was getting really uncomfortable there for a while, and I'm glad you switched back around. um, But as I meditate and allow myself to just revel in those things, first of all, it brings me great joy because I am reminded of, of God's great gift to me. But also, I view everything that he says and does through the lens of gratitude. And that changes the view of the world. You know, there's uh, the old saying, you look at the world through rose-colored glasses, and I wonder if gratitude isn't really the way to get those because it colors everything. And it makes for a much more content person, but it also completely and fundamentally changes the way that you interact with those around you. Yeah, and I mean, once you start this, and you start thinking about those things that you're grateful for related to that person or that thing, your husband or your Mm -hmm. wife, it's like a magnet. And you start to think about more things and it starts to compound and build on itself. And it becomes much easier to love that person. Mm -hmm. And that's where these verses are coming in is, is that it's saying basically that when you are thankful for this person who is in your life, this is the way that person is going to see you. So your husband, when you are grateful for your wife, your wife is going to see that as love. Well, and- And then the same way, the right. same thing on the other side. Wife, when you are grateful for your husband, your husband is going to perceive that as you are willing to follow him and you have confidence in him and you believe in him. And that is really powerful mm-hmm. for him. And he loves that. And so, a little tip lives. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it built on itself. And so it all starts with gratitude. And you can kind of see where, again, let's go back to this. You have gratitude 
which leads to appreciation, which is this this person or this thing, your husband or your wife, their value actually increases in your own eyes. And it actually starts to compound on itself because you start thinking about the things that you're more grateful for. And so you start putting those things together and it leads to this sense of abundance. And it's not just a perceived abundance, it's real abundance because you're so happy that you have this person in your life. But it all starts with gratitude. And gratitude, again, is not easy because the thing that is natural for you is to be envious, to look at other people. That's right. And you look at other people and you take those and sometimes they become weapons for you in your relationship. And you look at those things and you go, I want that. And then as soon as you start thinking, I'm envious of that, I want that, the person that you have in your life, their value diminishes in your eyes. And it becomes really hard to believe in someone or to love someone that has a diminished value in your eyes. Yeah. Now, from a practical standpoint, this is an exercise. This is, like he has alluded to several times, gratitude is not something that is innate in us. It is something that we have to work at. And it honestly is a discipline in in a lot of ways. There will be moments where there will be legitimate issues that will come up in your marriage. There will be things, there are choices that David makes or I make that are legitimately wrong choices. We, we hurt one another because we are, we are human. At that point, we can either choose to um, really dwell on that, allow that thing to grow, because that's the natural thing. Like I said before, if you're looking for the things that irritate, that's what everything, once I decide that's the route I'm going to go, everything he does and says fits right into that narrative for me. And I just get deeper and deeper in irritation with him. Conversely, the times that I sit there and say, I have 21 years worth of history with this man. 99.97% of the time, this is what has been true. These are the things that God has so richly blessed me with. These are the things that I adore so much about him. I choose to look at those. It is so much easier to get past the 0.03% of times where there are infractions where there are irritations, where there are grievances. We can work past those because we have so much, so much to be grateful for. Absolutely. I just want to make one last illustration to kind of bring this home a little bit more. And I want to relate it back to a uh, person that, that we really respect. I'm not going to give you his name, but he has a really... He had a really difficult relationship with his dad, mm. and he was um, very. Um, he had a lot of bitterness, and what he decided to do was to take a sheet of paper and to write down every reason that he had to be bitter with his dad. And he had many. He yeah. was abused emotionally, physically. It was, it was a real. very, very bad situation. And he took every single one of those things small and large and he wrote them down on a sheet of paper and he 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 wrote them all down and he filled up i mean it was 
Uh, the way he described it is, is that he was riding really small. He was riding cat a corner. He was doing all kinds. I mean, it was a lot of stuff. Um, and then he took that sheet of paper that he written all those things down. And he set them aside and he took another sheet of paper and he wrote down the things that he loved about his dad and that he was grateful for. And he was only able to write one thing down. And he took that sheet of paper that had all of those things that he was angry with his dad about. And he crumpled them up and he threw them in the trash and he walked away from it. And he took that one sheet of paper of the thing that he loved about his dad and he took it with him. And what he described is, is that he prayed for his dad related to that one thing that he loved about his dad every single day. And then when he would talk to his dad, he would call his dad up and he would talk to him about it. And, and the thing that he loved about his dad was actually related to his dad bowling. It was something along the lines of, I love it when my dad smiles after bowling or something. It was along the those one lines. thing that really brought his dad joy. Yeah. It, it really was. So what he would do is, is that he would pray about his dad in terms of uh, being able to, to bowl that day and that he would be able to talk to his dad about bowling because he had joy in bowling and he was grateful for it. So every time he talked to his dad, he would ask them, hey, did you go bowling today? When he would pray about his dad, he would say, I pray that my dad will have a chance to go bowling. And over time, what he said is, is that it's that list started to grow and he started developing this relationship with his dad and he actually forgave his dad, but it took time. It took time, but he had to let go of all these things that he really hated about his dad because all of that was connected in this world of envy because he's thinking about my dad is this. I wish my dad was right. that. Right. He had to let go of all those things and he meditated on the thing that he loved about his dad. And that developed into this strong relationship with him and forgiveness that built over time. And it actually changed who he was. Mm. Now you think about, again, you co you relate that back to these marriages and there are all kinds of situations out there. And like Leslie was saying, some of these hurts are legitimate. No question. Some of them could be made up, right? They could be things Or they're that, just expanded. They're the, expanded. The, the grievance is relatively small, but we make it much larger. And that's right. And there's all different levels of that, but you've been holding on to those mm -hmm. things. And if you take that illustration again, and you start looking at and start deciding that, you decide that you are going to meditate on the things that you're grateful for, those things that you're grateful for will multiply yeah. and you'll find more and more and more and more and more things that you're grateful for related to that person. But you also have to let go of the things that you are angry with them about. And it's tied to bitterness, but it's also tied to envy. It actually starts in the sense of envy because this person does something to you and you wish they weren't like that. You wish right. they were like this. Right. Well, and, you know, again, just looping back to where we started this whole conversation, there are things that each of us have in our lives that are that are wrong. They are tendencies, traits that God needs to hammer out. The Holy Spirit needs to work in. As we are progressing in our walk towards Christ, those things, God should take care of those. But we have to leave those to God. The more that I try to change David into the image that I have created, the more 
that I'm dwelling in that envy, <clears throat> wanting him to be X, instead of allowing God to do his work of grace, making a man that is so much greater than I ever deserved or would have imagined. So all of this is so intrinsically tied together in walking close to the Lord. But as he was saying, you know, the exercise of actually writing down and letting go, turning over to God those things that you are irritated about, those things that cause rifts in your marriage, those hurts, those wounds, actually giving those to God and casting your care upon him because you know that God cares for you is a very powerful exercise. But making that list of things that you adore mm -hmm. and meditating on those is an equally, if not more powerful exercise. But I want to encourage you. And I think that I'm going to encourage the guys even more than the girls on this. I, was, I would imagine that this comes more naturally for the girls. What is on that list of things that you love, you admire, you are grateful for? Let her know that. You know, I want to be the wife that David needs. I want to be the other half that completes him perfectly. When he tells me the things that I do or that I am, that means a lot to him, that gives me the incentive, the encouragement to really build on those things, to really explode those things. That's who I want to be. And, and that communication between the two of you, again, as you are inching closer and closer to God and putting your desires at God's at the foot of the cross, him putting his desires at the foot of the cross, growing closer to closer together, you're going to see each other in a very different light. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think we could go on for a while on well, this. Again, if you were sitting around our table, just <laughs> think of the conversations. We, <laughs> we do have. have a big table. We have a very large table, but there is a way that we can all come together. And, and we would be remiss to not mention this. God has allowed us to put together conferences every year. We have seven this spring that brings Christian families together for a weekend of encouragement and equipping for home education, if that is what God has called you to do, but also marriage and parenting and discipleship and so much more. So we would love the chance to talk to you physically there. I mean, we could talk your ear off there. Uh, most definitely, most definitely. And so we would love to actually see you there. I think with seven, I think we're probably- We're close uh, enough. Yeah, we're close it. to everybody. <laughs> so we would love to have you there and they are great events. I mean, and, and I say that in terms of all the testimonies and stuff that right. we get back from right. these families that are coming. God has done great things and it is just, it is our heart and our passion to serve him by serving families just like yours. And so we would love to see you there. But thank you. Thank you for sharing this time with yeah. us. I hope and pray that, that God has, has used it in some way in your life. And that you will go out, get together, and come up with a gratitude plan. Yeah, I think that would be a great thing for them to do. And Maybe they can send it to us. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.